Hello, and thanks for joining me for another edition of Face the Facts. I'm your host, April Moss, and we're so glad you're listening to us on podcast platforms like Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and so much more, and for watching on Real America's Voice. We're glad you're here. Today, we're going to be discussing a lot of information regarding vaccine safety with Steve Kirsch. He is the founder of the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation, and he has done a lot over the last year and a half to spread awareness about the truth of what is going on with these genetically modified uh, experimental shots. We're going to get into data and so much more, but first a word from our sponsors. Face the Facts is brought to you today by Holy Hydrogen. When you purchase an at-home molecular hydrogen system, you and your entire family can benefit from the healing effects of molecular hydrogen. Just go to holyhydrogen.com, click the research tab, and find out about all the ways molecular hydrogen can help with many ailments from arthritis to vaccine injury, heart problems, uh, skin, liver, kidneys, even cancer patients have benefited from molecular hydrogen. Use my promo code APRIL for $100 off of an at-home molecular hydrogen system. Steve, thanks so much for joining me on Face the Facts today. April, good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Steve, your story is extraordinary to me because you are somebody who has devoted the last year and a half of your life to a cause that really hasn't impacted you directly on a huge level. However, it, it, it has impacted you in the sense that you've had people all around you experience adverse reactions to the vaccines. Now, you... Um, You've, you've worked very hard to educate the public on the dangers of these genetic modification jabs. Uh, tell us a little bit about those first early days, because you yourself did get the Moderna vaccine. Um, tell us a little bit about what was the reasoning behind switching from trusting these health officials and institutions to questioning them. Well, it was what happened to my friends. I had one friend who had three relatives who died a week after getting the shot. Uh, three relatives who were perfectly healthy died within a week after getting the shot. So I heard that story and that kind of tipped me off. And I said, man, if this is happening to my friends here, um, is this just a really bad luck that I'm hearing the story a month after I got shot? or is there something to it? So is it bad luck or is somebody lying to us? And mm -hmm. so then a week later, my carpet cleaner came in and he was a vaccine injured and he's um, still vaccine injured today, uh, uh, which is more than a, a year later. And uh, he had a heart attack that happened two minutes after he got the shot. And he has never been the same since. And his wife also suffered from uh, devastating effects for months um, from the, the vaccine. And so this didn't seem like this is just uh, that I was just unlucky in hearing these stories. It seemed like there was something to this. So and then I started looking at the data, 
the government data in the VAERS system and, uh, and talking with other scientists. And, and it was pretty clear that uh, we were being lied to uh, by the CDC and, and by the FDA and by the drug companies. And that when you looked into the uh, actual data behind the, uh, the clinical trials, uh, what you found was uh, that uh, that it was clearly being gamed. And you know, there's a there's a book. Um, it's called you know uh, Turtles All the Way Down, and uh, uh, vaccines, uh, science, and and myth. It's available on Amazon, and it basically goes into all of the shenanigans that are pulled uh, by the drug companies to make these vaccines. Uh, look safe and effective when they're not. And the, the troubling part is that nobody has been able to find any errors in that book. And if there are no errors in the book, then why doesn't the public accept that uh, the vaccines have not been pro- properly tested and in fact may be more dangerous? And of course, for, for this vaccine, to, it, it's proving to be uh, much more dangerous than, than we were told. Uh, by my calculations, we've probably killed somewhere on the order of half a million Americans uh, lost their lives due to these vaccines. And you're, and you're seeing this happen every day, you know, with people uh, dropping dead. I mean, I, I, I don't think I can go a day now without hearing a story of someone who was either uh, dropped dead or seriously injured uh, who, right. who took the vaccine. And, they, you know, the one thing they have in common is that they all took the vaccine. So all this is in front of our eyes and, and we're all, and, and people are dismissing this. All the evidence in front of their eyes are dismissing this as, oh, it seems to be a lot of people dying and dying suddenly, dying at a young age. Yep. And, or getting injured or canceling right. concerts and all this. Doesn't, doesn't it seem to you, April? Oh, that, absolutely. Well, yeah, you I know, mean, the thing that sticks Never out seen anything like it in your history, right? Yeah, well, you're right. And and what is really in my face as I have children, um, and so I'm, I'm paying attention to what's going on in the schools, about the number of athletes who are dropping down on the fields and having myocarditis and pericarditis. And somehow, for some reason, the government wants us to believe that this is just absolutely normal. It's always been this way. Uh, we've seen the commercials, right, about uh, just trying to desensitize people to these adverse reactions that we understand because we're looking at this data, we understand it's directly linked to these shots, but the majority of the public not paying attention, not listening to um, alternative media, right? Because they're not hearing it from mainstream media. And I think that's the hardest, the hardest thing through all of this was trying to bridge that gap and having these discussions, educated discussions with individuals who are listening to mainstream media or have put their trust in doctors and institutions for their whole lives. And now for them to come to the realization that, wait a second, I can't just trust what the CDC says or what the FDA says. Um, and and that has been, I think, what you and I have both been doing over the last two years is sounding that alarm and that everybody needs to take personal responsibility to be educated about what they're putting in their body. But I, I really appreciate when people who have been vaccinated and have 
understood the implications about what has happened and then speak out against it. You've done so much more than just speak out. I mean, I, I've watched you testify in the Senate, but but now you've devoted your entire life to uh, vaccine safety research. You started the foundation. Tell us a little bit about that, because that's doing incredible things as well. Yeah, um, I started the a Vaccine Safety Research Foundation uh, in order to educate people about what's going on here in uh, in vaccines. And it's not just this vaccine, but it's other vaccines as well. And, you know, it's it's really hard to find a safe vaccine. Uh, and I think maybe the, the shingles vaccine may be the, uh, the safest vaccine, uh, that I've seen so far. But other than that, these vaccines have, have caused an enormous amount of, of damage that has not been, uh, fully appreciated by the American public. You know, there's a, there's a link between vaccines and autism and the, the CDC ordered one of the, uh, the researchers, <laughs> at least one, uh, to destroy all the data that links vaccines with autism. Now, why would the CDC, who is supposed to be protecting the public, tell William Thompson, who, who still works at the CDC, by the way, tell William Thompson to destroy all records linking vaccines and autism? That's I mean, absolute evil. Right. And but this is this is known. And, and yet it makes no difference. And it's not just autism that's being caused by these vaccines. It's ADD, it's, it's uh, dyslexia. You know, people think, oh, you, your child is just unlucky and, uh, uh, and got dyslexia. I, I challenge you to find an unvaccinated child who has dyslexia or mm -hmm. ADD or, uh, or autism. Right. Find me an un unvaccinated child who has these disease. Um, yeah. No, it's you know, so we, we need to get the, we need to get the word out. And because it's not just one vaccine, all of them are um, pretty much uh, in the same ballpark uh, in terms of danger. But the covid vaccines are off the charts in terms of uh, dangers to humanity here. And so that's that's the thing that we need to uh, stop immediately. And it's hurting the immune system of kids. And this is why we have all these RSV cases all of a sudden. You know, all these RSV cases pretty much, I think, are all in the uh, un are in vaccinated kids. But they never tell you that. Right. So they, they never tell you the vaccination status of the of all of these kids who are coming uh, uh, down with RSV, do they? It's never well, disclosed. You're you're exactly right, and I will tell you as a, as a mom of of young children, uh, it is very hard to find a pediatrician who will even allow unvaccinated children into their practice. They now have said across the board, in order for a child to join a practice and be seen by a doctor, they have to be completely up to date on all their childhood shots. So imagine the amount of parents who you know, are, are unknowing. They don't understand about that vaccines are, are wrong. I mean, in my generation, we got maybe 12, right? And now it's yeah. over 75. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. And we're wondering why our kids are sick, but you know, what's the rationale for vaccinating your child, April? I mean, do they tell you what the rationale is? Well, is it, is it to protect the doctor or is it to protect the child? 
Now, if it's well, to it's protect the child, to, right. then it should be the child's choice. Now, if it's to protect the doctor, we don't want anyone in our practice coming in and infecting the doctor. Well, the doctor could be vaccinated. And, and we know that the vaccines, because the CDC has told us that these vaccines are 100% effective in making sure that you don't come, uh, uh, come down with any disease, right? Or you can't die. It basically says it prevents death. If you're vaccinated, it prevents death. So doctor gets sick, the doctor gets sick. But but of course, the vaccines were supposed to prevent you from getting sick. But hey, if you get sick, it's going to make it mild. Okay. Right. So why, do, why is the doctor fearing? Why is your pediatrician requiring you to vaccinate your kid? What is well, do, do they tell you that? I say it's it's monetary, right? Because they get all of these kickbacks from the pharmaceutical companies for and however should, many. And they should say they 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 should say, look, we require you to anyone in our practice to vaccinate your kid because we make more money that way. They should just be upfront about it. I mean, that they shouldn't yeah. lie to people that it's to, to protect the kid or to protect me. They should just be straight up about it, right? Right. I mean, right. You know, why, why should they have to lie? But, well, you know, they, if you ask them that, would they tell you? Would they say, oh, yeah, yeah it's because we make more money that way? Of course I don't, not. I don't think so. Oh, no. And I'm, I'm a mother who has gotten into several arguments with different pediatricians over the years because they don't even know the ingredients that are in these childhood vaccines that they're pushing. Oh, of course not. You're not allowed you know? to know. But, but you know, that, me as a mother, that, who I'm just a that, mother. I'm, I'm not smart. I can't read, uh, you know, um, they don't even want to have a conversation with me. No, no, no. It's the kids, the kid, the kid, you know, it's the kids that are smart, right? Because it's the, 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 you know, in California, they tried to push a bill that would allow 12 year olds to make uh, vaccine uh, decisions right. over the consent of their parents. Right. Cause of course, 12, most 12 year olds know more than their parents of course, about the, the, the vaccines and safety and have studied the, the vaccine risk benefits and, and know better than their parents what the the risk benefit ratio of the vac vaccines are? I mean, it's it's crazy. So, um, I should be talking to twelve year olds, right, to, exactly. to, to find out whether it's it's safe to get a vaccine or not, according to the, the California bill that was proposed, but fortunately it didn't pass. Uh, you know, and and I'd love to also talk about um, maybe they should have twelve year olds pass laws or, or, or you know write the laws too, because obviously adults are not not capable. <laughs> Steve, it's, I think, you know, nuts. what you should do, you should kick out the drag queen story hour from the libraries and just have it be a uh, vaccine, <laughs> vaccine story hour and, and yeah. tell everybody about that. And we'll see how many people protest that. Yeah, um, but that'll be fun. But moving on, though, I do want to discuss because I haven't shared this with my audience yet. The um, the studies that were done in Israel. Uh, on these vaccines where they waited a year after they vaccinated a, a good portion of their population. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that, what you've learned that Israel knew about, learned about um, oh, sure. in, in the studies on that? Yeah, they didn't look at the, uh, they didn't have a really good vaccine monitoring system in place for a year after they gave the shots. So they finally, a year later, they decided to recruit um, some top-notch uh, experts uh, to to collect uh, true vaccine efficacy data and safety data, and uh, then to report back. So they reported back, and they said, "Hey, man, these vaccines are a lot more dangerous, and uh, and these uh, side effects are are much more serious and are lasting for a lot longer. And, like they're not going away uh, than you told the public. So you have a serious uh, uh, legal issue here. So what they did is they basically pretended like they never heard anything 
uh, from those experts. So a tape of the uh, the meeting was then released to a reporter in Israel who then released it uh, to the news media. And the only news media that would cover it was GB News and, and the Epic Times. Now, <laughs> imagine yeah, that. Think- you, got a, you got a tape of, of the experts from the Israeli government telling the government that these vaccines are not safe and the only outlet that will cover it is GB News and the Epic Times. What does that tell you? Oh, exactly. I mean, but I feel like that's what we're dealing with in America as well. We've got all of mainstream media that has been completely compromised. Uh, It's one of the reasons why I had to leave CBS Detroit. Um, You know, just couldn't stay there. They weren't going to protect the people. Find me an honest reporter in mainstream media who will cover what is actually happening, the truth. You know, I, I haven't found one yet. Have you? Well, the problem is, is that they'll get in trouble. And so they have to toe that line and stay within the narrative that they've been told to stick with. And, you know, yeah, uh, so it's, pro- it's a propaganda, basically. Right, right. Well, in the, in the case of CBS Detroit, when I was there, they actually sent emails to all of our, uh, the employees across the entire Uh, network. So worldwide CBS employees. And they said, we're going to use the power of all of our brands to promote this vaccine. And so even if it's unsafe, (laughs) even if it's unsafe, right? Well, they don't care about that because this is all a concerted effort, right? To, to mass vaccinate everybody and to keep people in fear. Um, So Steve, what do you, what do you think is going to be next? I mean, you've you've done these testimonies in the Senate. I think a lot of Americans think, okay, well, we've got facts that have been brought out into the light. We have, you know, congressional testimony. We have all of these great things. Why isn't more being done? And then you have a president, a puppet government who is saying, you know what, we're going to extend this health emergency and this pandemic. Um just, you know, I know that you especially, especially for kids, you know, April, really important, right? Because the, the stats are that one out of a million kids, if they got COVID, might die. One out of a million kids. Right. So this is a this is an emergency. One out of a million kids might die if they got COVID. And we're giving a vaccine which has never been tested in a million kids to find out if if the vaccine itself would kill more than one person per million when given to a million kids. We're just going to do a mass experiment. And that's right. what the emergency allows. It It is unbelievable. It's interesting what's, what, what I'm seeing happen in California. Uh, I don't believe that California is all all completely liberal or, or democratic. I think that, uh, you know, there's a vast number of people that understand what's at stake here with medical freedom and seeing seeing the type of legislation that is constantly trying to get passed in California that removes uh, parental consent and all of these things. Do you see uh, any other victories or headway uh, happening in, in the legislature there? Um, in California, <laughs> I see I see only victories that would benefit the other side rather than victories that would would benefit our side. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's mm-hmm. the that's the issue. The you know, the victories are not necess- are are on the wrong end of the uh, the spectrum. Uh, 
Well, and I and I'm I'm asking this question because it seems like you have so many organizations that sponsor these bills. Um, you know, I, I know in, in the case of Planned Parenthood, for example, Planned Parenthood will completely front the money and the lawyers to write up these horrendous laws and then find a senator to shove it through and try to get it through into law. Knowing what has gone on in Michigan just in the last two weeks where their proposal three was passed, which uh, does not reflect the will of the people of Michigan, by the way, but uh, what it did was it took away parental consent for children to get puberty blockers and transgender surgeries without parental consent. Um, it seems like Michigan is going in the exact same direction as California. When you do a little digging of financially who is backing those proposals, it's all of the worst people that we know that are trying to change this country. Um, so Steve, where do you think we go from here? Well, you know, that's always a tough one. Uh, you know, I'm glad that the, uh, the House is in Republican control now. Uh, so hopefully we'll start to hear, uh, see some hearings, assuming that we can get uh, uh, committee chairmen who are open to, to hearing the truth. And, and that, that would, I, I think, will help to uh, make light of, of what, what's really going on. Um, in the Senate, Ron Johnson was reelected. I think that's great. Unfortunately, uh, the Senate is still in uh, Democratic control, and so that's bad. Uh, but hey, you know, uh, two years, uh, it could all change. Uh, the next president uh, could change things uh, dramatically. So otherwise, we could be stuck uh, waiting for a long time before something changes because uh, I don't see the medical community uh, a breakthrough in the medical community because doctors can't speak out. So with doctors right. not speaking out, the press isn't going to go and change their minds. And so nobody's going to expose this thing. So it has to be someone in power. And Joe Latipo in Florida, um, bless his soul, is doing a great job. But, but it, you know, he's like the only guy. And, you know, he was asked on Fox News, hey, Joe, how come you're finding this and nobody else is finding this? You know, and you can look at that question and say, you know, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And and Joe said, "Well, we're the only one who looked." Yeah, you know, and and that says it all. Mm -hmm. We're the only one who looked at the safety data, and what we found says the vaccine should be stopped, especially for children. And um, they didn't do their safety study wasn't conclusive uh, for older adults because of the way that the death curve works. But for for right. young people. It was very clear. And so why aren't they doing this in other states? Because they're afraid to look. Because mm -hmm. nobody wants to look and nobody is paid to look and nobody will look. And, you know, so you have one Surgeon General in the, in the entire United States, one Surgeon General, one public health official who's honest. You know, yep. hats off to Joe Latipo. Mm -hmm. The one honest, and well, there's, there's another guy, um, uh, public health official, uh, in, and he's in, in Nevada. But you know, two public health officials, two honest public health officials out of thousands. I mean, yeah, man, no. that, that is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially when, when there's such, it's been such an attack on our children um, and they claim to care about children so much, but um, you know, that's been the hardest part about all of this, watching what this entire 
uh, charade of a pandemic has done to the children. Um, You know, let's talk a little bit about the VAERS website. You know, I was on it this morning. Uh, There are an incredible amount of adverse reactions reported. The latest was November 11th, uh, over 32,000 deaths, uh, 212,000 doctor's office visits. Uh, I could go on and on with anaphylaxis and hospitalizations and Bell's palsy. But the numbers that are in VAERS, tell us a little bit about why it's underreported and what should we do to find out or to estimate what are the real actual numbers? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, VAERS is an underreported system because it's a voluntary system. So if you die uh, from the vaccine, uh, your death may not be recorded into the VAERS system. So typically the numbers are anywhere it's from a hundred, somewhere around 50 to a hundred times or more, depending on the event. So a less serious event would be reported at a much lower percentage, meaning you have to multiply by a higher number. The more serious the event, the lower the number that you multiply. The most serious event is anaphylaxis. That's always supposed to be reported 100%. And it's underreported by a factor of 41. So if we have an underreporting factor of about 41 for the most serious events like death, then we should multiply the deaths in VARES. And, and the deaths in VARES, uh, there are around 14,000 deaths in the United States reported in the VARES system. Now, the global numbers are much higher. They're like 25,000 or, or more. But there are only 14,000 deaths reported in the VAERS system, whereas normally the number of deaths may be 250. So there are basically around 14,000 excess deaths. Now, the question is, are those 14,000 excess deaths versus the normal 250? Is that just because people are reporting at a rate that's many times more for these vaccines than uh, in in previous years because there's been so much publicity about the various system and so forth? And the answer is no. We, we, you know, we have looked at, at surveys and we've done independent surveys. I've polled my readers, you know, and people could say that that's biased. But I had a professional pollster uh, poll an indep- a randomly selected group of healthcare workers, and we found that they are reporting for these vaccines at the same rate as they would for other vaccines. So either they report or they don't report, but the rate that they're, they're not like suddenly, oh, if there were 10 uh, vaccine uh, incidences for the COVID vaccines that they'll report all 10. Whereas for previous vaccines, they'd only, if there were 10 incidences, they'd only report one out of the 10. Mm-hmm. So there isn't a, uh, a change in the propensity to report which means that when you see a huge elevation in the number of reports in the VAERS system, it's because the vaccine is actually causing much uh, more events than other vaccines. Now, we can see that as well, because when we look at the stats for other vaccines in 2021 and 2022, they're identical, the flatline. Right. They're the same as they were every other year. But when you look at the COVID vaccines, the COVID vaccines are off the charts. Mm -hmm. And so 
there's only one, there are only three possible explanations for this. So explanation number one is that there's massive fraud. And so we would have to believe that there's massive fraud and people are making up fraud reports and they're, they're evil anti-vaxxers making up fraud reports in order to game the system and make it look like people are dying. But that's not possible because HHS verifies each of the entries that are made in the VAR system. Now, they don't do a perfect job, and there is there are one or two or three reports in the VAR system that have been gamed, deliberately gamed, and we know who did that. And um, so that's not it. You mm -hmm. can't go and look at that and say, ah, oh, this was gamed, this was gamed, this was gamed, right? So there's an equality control issue. The second issue is, is there an over-reporting issue? Some, some is, is that people are reporting 100 times more often? No, because we've surveyed people. We mm -hmm. know that that's not happening. We survey doctors and they say, well, I've never seen so many injuries from, the, from a vaccine before in my practice. Plus, I report to the VAERS system at the same rate. So the physicians are seeing an uplift in the number of events as well. I know a, a, a neurologist who had never reported to the VAERS system before, zero, in 11 years, now she needs to make a thousand various reports. Now that's not over-reporting, April. Wow. That is more events happening. Okay. Right. And then the third, the third reason is that there are more events happening, which fits all the data. Now you can't, you can't convince anyone who believes in the narrative that this is the case. You can't convince professor Jeffrey Morris, who claims he's a truth seeker, that this is the case. I mean, and he won't even take a phone call. Like none of these people, David Gorski, these guys who write about how uh, we're spreading misinformation, none of them take a phone call. They can't explain the various data. They have a problem with that, so they change the topic. And so the, the, what you're pointing out is this is the official safety data of the United States government mm -hmm. for the safety of the vaccine. We're ignoring that. There was a death safety signal in VAERS. We're ignoring that too. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's crazy what people are doing. I can imagine too, it's been a lonely road for you as you've taken on this, this topic, because it's not a topic that's easy to talk about. And a lot of people have tried to discredit you. Um, and it's fortunate that you have had the time to really pour over all of this data and I heard you say in a, in a previous interview with someone that, you know, you were just fortunate enough that you didn't have to work and you were able to just basically volunteer your time for the for the sake of humanity to go through yep. this and sound the alarm. So, Steve, you in my eyes, you're, you're a true hero in this day. Um, I'm so grateful for your voice and for all the information you bring forth. Can you tell everybody where they can follow your Substack and and get a hold of of your work? Sure, it's a stevekirsch.substack.com. S T E V E K I R S C H.substack.com. And we'll also have the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation information below this interview so you can uh, take a look at that and I do want to say that uh, next week, November 29th in Dallas, Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Asim Malhotra, I hope I pronounced his last name correctly, yep. are coming to Dallas for a very special evening. You can get your tickets online and the link for those uh, ticket purchases are also below. And uh, I know that's going to be a great night.
Uh, yeah, yeah. I, unfortunately, I'll be out of town. I can't make it, but but I'll be there in spirit. Great. Steve, thank you again for all that you're doing. I appreciate you, and we hope to have you back on the show again. Thank you, April. Thanks, thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for joining Face the Facts, and we'll see you next time. Please make sure you're subscribed to my podcast and Rumble channels, and we're so glad that you're here. Continue to share this show so it grows on Real America's Voice, Rumble, and podcast platforms. God bless. God bless.